The Athen Real Talk podcast explores controversial ideas to stimulate debate and active thinking. These ideas do not always reflect Athen's personal views. Welcome to the Athen Real Talk podcast. He has been called the best gamer in the world, hands down. World famous gamer and philanthropist Athen. Gaming for good, it's called, has raised more than $20 million. Using his notoriety to raise money for charity. On activism, science, culture, and self-development. I'm proud to have him in the studio today. I would not want to take you on in a video game. Nice way of seeing things, Athen, banning your, away your small leftover community. I don't need a community. I need people to think for themselves. I want the best for people. And if that means that my community dies, well, then so be it. Because their lives is more important than this shitty community. I care more about your own life than about my own money or pleasure or whatever. And that's why I don't mind making decisions that make me look really bad if I know it will help you. Maybe you can go to another streamer that doesn't care about you. But I do really care. That's why I do these things. Xares says, Athene, of course we can refuse. You say that your theories are revolutionary. But in reality, no one with a background in neuroscience agreed on it or didn't even bother on it about it. Xares, let me ask you a question. And it's something very important for you to understand. When you say a neuroscientist didn't agree on it, why would you give your authority to a neuroscientist? You might say, like, because they studied neuroscience, right? But, like, when you read about the brain, what does a neuroscientist so much know about the brain? They don't know so much. When you think about the brain, actually, there's not so much known about the brain at all. You can actually do a little Google search. When I talk about the theories that I'm talking about, I refer to actual scientific peer-reviewed papers. You can actually look it up. Gods and Neurons, a lot of it has changed, has been removed. But in the Real Answer book, when you check Real Answers, the e-book has all sources. You can literally just go and read it up. You can literally take a week of your time, doesn't even need a week, a few days to go through all of that and see, does it make sense what he says? And actually think for yourself. You could do that. And why would you then give your authority to a random neuroscientist? You know, neuroscientists say A, B, they contradict themselves all the time. Why would you give away your authority? That's my question. If a neuroscientist comes, tells you, it's like, your head is going to blow up. You're going to believe that? Of course, you're going to say, no, no, of course not. If a scientist comes to you and says, global warming is bullshit, would you believe that? So like, no, like, like, it's obviously real. I mean, there's so many papers. There is scientists says that global warming is not real. They sell their credentials. It's up to you at the end of the day, to think critically. It's up to you to look and listen to what I say and think objectively and think using logic yourself and think critically whether I'm moron or not. Don't have other people tell you what to believe. I'm telling you, think for yourself. That is my core, my essence of my message. It's not like this or that. My core of my message is think critically for yourself. And doing so requires you to not be a slave of what emotionally drives you. Because as long as you're a slave of comfort or whatever, you will always use reason as a slave for that. But once you replace it with logic, you start thinking logically and both hemispheres are starting working together. So what I wanted to say, by the way, for the people watching, the people that are stuck at step three, by the way, of clicking, there's a really a step you can easily do that can help you quite a bit. And that is basically to yo-yo it. Even if your emotion to comfort, the negativity is not that strong, you can think about it, try to connect it, then go back to logic and love logic. Then back, strengthen it again, go back to logic. And basically by going back and forward all the time, like a minute about negative, your core emotion, negative, negative, then going to positive logic, positive logic, negative, negative, logic. And basically as you yo-yo it, it's literally almost like uh, strengthening a wave, you know? 
your inner child will have an easier time grabbing logic once you go through this procedure for quite a while. It can really help you. There is one guy that I know clicked because of that and then I made the connection that the reason why it happened is because like with a wave, if you tap on a wave, right, and you tap on the strength and you can make the waves bigger and bigger. And the problem is some people don't have enough negative energy. They don't have enough activation energy to brute force it. And therefore, when you go back and forward from love to logic to negatively your core value, if you do that process over and over again, you don't need as big of an activation energy because it starts swinging more and more and the emotions become more and more strong on both ends. So it would be really cool if you guys could try that. So basically, you go to the step three after going to step one and two is you connect a negative emotion to your comfort or whatever, really emotional. And then you go back to loving logic. You go like, oh, logic is so amazing. And you imagine that. Then you go back to your inner child core emotion. Then you go back to logic. I guess I explained it well, right? Salty says, logic is subjective by nature, yet the main concept of clicking is making logic your core value. Something that's logical for one individual can be logical to someone else, correct? Fundamentally, the concept of clicking fails apart right there. Stop dodging. I've already said it and I said it again and I'm going to repeat it myself again. And honestly, I will even say my answer won't do anything for you. You will just come with something else and start ranting about that, even though I will completely debunk what you just said. Everything is subjective. So saying anything is subjective to disprove it is not really like an argument. And you might say like, yeah, but what is if logic is subjective, then how does it differ from any other idea? The thing is logic, you base your understanding on the objective reality. And when two people with the same knowledge about the objective reality will come to similar logical conclusions, when they interact with each other, they will agree and be on the same page. So the differentiation from one person's logic to another person's logic is the amount of knowledge they have. And that's the thing. And the knowledge also includes the connections they make. Because if you connect two pieces of the puzzles, that's also part of knowledge. So if two people have similar knowledge, they will come to similar conclusions. Maybe you made a connection that the other person didn't make, and then you have more knowledge. And then you just explain it, and the other person will go, oh, okay, so logic is always incomplete, but gets more and more accurate with the objective reality as you get more information and more data. So that's where, you know, clicking doesn't fall apart. That's where clicking gives rise to a strong desire to understand the objective reality and go about ignorance, not by just deflecting and pushing it away, but with understanding. Hortelkar says, Atin, how would you define a logic action? How do I differentiate non-logic action? A logical action would be something you do that is in line with what you are. An illogical would be something that goes against what you are. And in order to understand what you are, you got to understand evolutionary biology and neuroscience. And the moment you do so, you start realizing like, hey, wait a minute, I am here in order to evolve as a superorganism. So a logical action would be how do you most effectively evolve as a superorganism? Illogical action would be something that goes against that. And then you go like, yeah, but what about my own? Yeah, of course, it's in the most collective way. So basically eating and making sure you can, for example, spread the click or whatever becomes a very logical thing to do because you literally replicate yourself because a lot of people like nature used to replicate itself through dna but now you can replicate yourself through thoughts and, and awareness and ideas and that is what made us so compatible even though our dna and our biology is quite primitive we're very flexible because of our ability to adopt new ideas and beliefs our revolution was not a genetics one was a mimetics one
What if you skip the whole logic step and just go directly to happiness? Seems illogical to take one extra step to be happy. But you know what's illogical is to think that you're designed to be happy. You think you're designed to be happy. You're not designed to be happy. Happy is a side effect of evolution. Happiness is there so it allows you to evolve more efficiently. And the problem is you've just turned it upside down. And that's why there is even studies if people try to really aim their goal in life to be happy, they're actually overall less happy. So by trying to aim for something that is a side effect, you're actually going against what it is. And that is why doing what you're actually designed to do, which is, you know, being in line with reality, will bring you a lot more happiness than just focusing on being happy. And that's the paradox that a lot of people believe when they grow up. They think life is all about happiness. It's not about happiness. You think these chemicals release because that's why you exist? Not at all. If you hurt your knee or you hurt your toe by bumping it, why does it hurt? Because it allows you to avoid that kind of behavior. Happiness is just merely a reward system that you have. And the funny thing is that reward system gets initiated and triggered by what you connect it to. And that's what allowed us as humans to thrive. And the reason why you know we're so flexible is because we changed it. It's interchangeable. And nowadays it's really dominated by comfort. If you have children, it might become family instead. And doing so really allows you to constantly feel rewarded for what you believe provides you safety or what you believe you're designed to do. And the thing is, evolution evolving, evolving as a superorganism, is literally why you exist. And the best way of going about it is by understanding what you are, and that is logic. It's the consistent patterns that bring you about. Lolik says, when people start clicking globally and issues on Earth are fixed, what is going to be the next step as Utopia? Go to other planets? No. I think intersolar travel won't happen. I think by the time we have the technology to even do so, we will already have reached the singularity. And I think the singularity will turn us from four-dimensional into five-dimensional beings, maybe into six-dimensional beings. That's what I think. I think we are merely four-dimensional because of our lack of understanding and awareness. But as we grow and our understanding grows, we will just transcend time and space itself. I'm not sure, though. It's just an idea. Then some very smart observer might say, but that means the singularity is already around us. And I would say, yes, that means the singularity is already around us. That means intelligence is already all around us. And that means that singularity is merely us merging with the already omnipresent intelligence. And that would also explain the Fermi paradox, by the way. That's a theory I've never heard, by the way, but I think it sounds more likely than that we are a simulation or whatever. It sounds much more likely that we would just merge with the already all omnipresent intelligence around us. Don't know if that's true, though. Crovea says, a team for people such as myself who have comfort as their core value, but to which your generation descriptions don't fit. It really discredits you and make it sound like you are only targeting people who are distressed, lonely, depressed because they might be easier to sway. That is not true, Crovea. I do understand that a lot of people have found a perfect balance in their life to not feel depressed and sad. And they use logic to patch it up in a way that there is a balance between their comfort and their reason. But the problem is that they just use logic as a tool to achieve that. And the point is that doing so goes against what you are. You're not designed to just sit in your bubble. You're designed to evolve, to move forward as a superorganism. What about these people that are dying on the other side of the planet? You don't care so much about them. Because you've found that balance in yourself. Your inner child is just happy with what it is. But the problem is, it is self-contradictory. Because if you would be a child in Africa or whatever, if you wouldn't have this privilege, you wouldn't be able to just sit down and experience your life nice and positive. 
And that's what happens when everything goes your way, it's all fine. But the moment the world doesn't go your way, you start questioning. And the thing is, like, if the objective reality is your frame of reference rather than the intersubjective reality, then you always can fall back, no matter what happens. All your morals, all your ethics are merely a tool to provide for your comfort. And that's why when you see what happened in World War II or whatever, when people just started behaving like animals, it's because the intersubjective reality went that way and people just went that way as well. And that's the thing, what people don't realize is all these arguments of ethics and morals, it's just all a lie. Most people don't care about these things. They just use them because it provides for their safety. If it changes, they just change. They don't fall back on this true reasoning and understanding of what they are and how it all interconnects itself. Crovea, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, you saying you experience some dissonance and you should be doing more. But like, to you, it's not even about helping these people. It's about the dissonance. It's because the empathic part of your brain is giving you some dissonance. You don't care. You truly don't care. That's the problem. The only reason why you care is because there's some dissonance that goes against your comfort because we have evolved and we have this empathic part in our brain that helped us strive and be social. You live such a paradoxical life where you choose the social connections you value and the ones you don't value to maintain this equilibrium in your comfort bubble and that's it. And that's why your ID and your entire paradigm is self-contradictory. But if you align yourself to logic, you don't even have this duality anymore that you're talking about. Because you just do what is most logical. But yeah, like basically what a lot of people tend to not be able to wrap their head around is, and I keep saying it, and it was also during the call yesterday, I keep repeating it. I wonder how many people understood it. I think quite some lurkers understand it. But at the end of the day, the objective reality dictates the rules. It's not the intersubjective one. It's the objective one. So you can come with all the conclusions and all the theories and have all your moral high ground. If you're in front of an objective reality issue, they will all just be thrown in the garbage. And that's the point. And that's my reality. That's the world I live in. I live in the world of the objective reality where ideas and thoughts and ideologies make room for the actual reality. And you might say like, yeah, but why do you want to spread this ideology then or whatever? Like, because the ideology means aligning yourself with this objective reality. It's a paradigm that makes you a lot more capable and compatible with it. So that's something that I say a lot. And the problem is with a lot of people that live and grow up and are very spoiled, they don't have that awareness. They think they have this moral high ground and can be keyboard warriors. But when you put them in the desert or when you put them in a war zone, their entire world will crumble and they will just submit to the objective reality. The only reason why people submit to the intersubjective one is because they have the luxury, the privilege to do so. But once the objective reality is right in front of you, which it is, whether you get cancer from smoking or whether you get rejected because of social anxiety as a result of duality, the objective reality is there all the time. And maybe your intersubjective understanding might need time to catch up on that, but adopting a belief system that just aligns yourself with it is just much more compatible for you. What if the emotional bond to my core value is too strong to let logic replace it? Well, Jeeps, that's exactly the thing. That's why you have to go through the four steps because you have to realize that on a fundamental level, your inner child has to realize that your core value is doing more damage than good. And if you do that, and at the same time, you strengthen your love for logic and you go back and forward like a yo-yo effect, you start more and more being despised of your current core value emotionally. And at a certain point, your inner child doesn't want it. It pushes it away and will jump and cling on to logic depending how much you love it. It will be easier or harder. So yes, indeed, that's exactly the thing. The four steps is emotional. 
Dowie John says, so your look on logic or clicking is your life surrounds doing productive things. What about lust and desires? They disappear. I keep saying this over and over again. Your desire to do whatever you want gets replaced with a desire to do logic stuff instead. I keep saying it. I find it so baffling. You guys have the ability to rewire yourself to only want to do logical stuff. And that automatically relates to understanding what you are. Will you then stop having sex? People think, of course not. Because having sex is logical to do. There are so many people that see this logic thing as something cold and crazy. But no, it's an understanding of what you are. And these emotions are also part of what you are. And it gives you a better understanding in them. It's not like you click and suddenly all your emotions are gone and you don't feel good. No. And that's the thing. That's why when people click, they really come and say like, oh my God, was I so wrong? You think you're letting things go. You think you're compromising. You're thinking you have to sacrifice. But no, you actually set yourself free. The only thing that is, that is actually stopping from doing so is the illusion, is this idea that you will lose something. But no, you will gain a true understanding of what you are. You will feel satisfied doing logical things instead. You will enjoy life doing logical things instead. You have the ability, there is a mechanism in your brain that allows you to connect anything to your reward center. And connecting logic to it literally allows you to be in line with what you are. Simspady says, similarly to logic, in this case, love is subjective. Language isn't equipped to identify the phenomena, in my opinion. Well, yeah, you, I agree with that. But the difference, though, is that Even if everything is fundamentally subjective, right? Still doesn't mean that if it's part of the premise, you can't look at what is more probable and what is less probable. You're making a good point when you're talking in absolutes, but you can't have any absolutes. And the moment you take away a step from thinking in absolute truths, you start thinking in probabilities. And then it doesn't matter so much whether it's subjective or whether you can identify a phenomena through language or not. What you then start thinking is what is most practical. And if you start trying to eat poison, you'll die. If you smash your head against the wall, you start bleeding, you'll have a headache. So the objective reality, what you experience, you see that this subjective view seems to be bound to certain patterns. Even though you need the experience in order to make these conclusions, it doesn't mean that the conclusions you come from after having subject as part of the premises that these are not applicable to help you. And the funny thing is you're the living proof of it because even though you might say these things, you will still be subject to eating and drinking and sleeping and whatever. That's why when people go in this regard and try to push away a certain strong insight that allows you to be much more aligned with what you are and use the subject as a counter argument are actually hypocrites because they're using it to justify like, hey, you can't use language to identify these things, these phenomena and stuff. But yet, on the other hand, they use their understanding in order to justify why they go to a comfortable lifestyle. And that's the thing, like, it's very important to be consistent in your actions. And if you realize through your experience that it's more likely that we are subject to these consistent patterns and understanding them allows us to come from caveman to where we are now, then obviously aligning yourself with that allows you to make you much more consistent and in line with what you are, basically. Subscribe to youtube.com slash wins. Watch the live stream at twitch.tv slash live. And follow the real Athene on Snapchat chat.